1: Alright and welcome to another edition of Monday Night Football. Yes, I am Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle and uh, for the boys. I keep forgetting it's a co-ed school and also uh, I am the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America and Plantation Athletic Club. Our show tonight is going to be awesome but we always start off our show with a prayer and uh, and we, we begin in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. J-Goward, thank you for uh, all this equipment all this support we've had from the community and I thank you definitely for my producer uh, Andrew and I pray that this show would be a blessed one and also that this could this show could continue to grow and uh, and service the entire Gulf Coast audience in Christ's name we pray amen Father Son Holy Spirit amen Well, welcome aboard uh, today we uh, cover the retirement of one of our legends, uh, a recent legend, but a legend nonetheless, Michael Ortner from St. Scholastica is stepping down. On our first segment, we're going to interview him. Uh, on our second segment, we're going to hear the thoughts of Dominican High School head coach Al Silvis, uh, who has had many, many a war with coach Michael Ortner. And it's interesting to hear what he has to say. And then in our final segment, we're going to be talking to Matt Jacquet, who's going to be filling his shoes. Uh, Another surprise announcement, a coach who was in retirement is now coming out. And uh, it's just been an exciting week uh, for soccer in in that regard. Uh, It's been totally ignored, of course, by the major media, but we're covering for you here at Crescent City Sports. Well, I did catch up with Coach Ortner today. And y'all look, listen to these stats. He has coached for 12 years, and in those 12 years, he's had six state championships, three finalist uh, teams, and three teams to make it to the semifinals. And get this, everybody thinks of Saints to Alaska as a Division One team, and they are, but what a lot of people don't know is that they're a Division Two team playing up at Division One. That just blows my mind that you could be in the North Shore District and also compete at the Division One level with girls soccer, which is very very difficult. I mean, you got Mount Carmel, you got Dominican, you know Lafayette High School. I mean, these are powers. And as long as he's been coaching St. Scholastica, they've been toe to toe with all of these people. And so uh, uh, I was really shocked at first when I heard about this. Uh, after talking to him, and you'll hear the interview after listening to the interview. It makes a lot more sense now. So without any further ado, here's our interview with Coach Michael Ortner. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football, and we're here with legendary Coach Mike Ortner. Coach, welcome to the show.
2: Uh, Thanks for having me.
1: Look, you've had 12 seasons, and you've either been a semifinalist, a finalist, or a state champion in all of them with 60 championships, what's the key to your success? Uh, It's
2: hard work and consistency. Um, You know, we keep it simple. And, uh, you know, we have great kids that have uh, come in and wanted to be part of a winning program and it's helped us.
1: Okay. Um, I, you get a lot of at our level. You get a lot of uh, feedback that well, he's got great players. Of course, he can win, I and mean, they don't understand that coaching great players is very difficult. And uh, I would say maybe even more difficult. What's what? How did you handle having great players play for you and keeping them humble and hungry? Um, I think the we established
2: something early on, and it just um, continued on. So it was just. The older players taught the younger players and, you know, that helped, um, I guess, create, help create some of the great players that we had too. I mean, um, it's, uh, you know, this year more than any year where we lost um, four starters before the state championship and most of our senior class, um, you know, kids that were committed to LSU, just, uh, we had younger players that nobody had ever heard of or had made a name for themselves or, um weren't considered legendary by any stretch that came in and um just for next player up and uh so I, I i don't necessarily think we've been carried by great players but but um great kids that have bought into a system
1: okay and uh, uh when it comes to that system uh, how many years did it take you to get people to buy into your way of doing things um, it didn't take long at all. Um, I mean, we started
2: off relatively small at, um, we'd won a division two state championship, my uh, first full year in charge in 2007. Um, but, uh, you know, we were relatively young at that time and, uh, we started competing at division one, uh, where St. Scholastica competes at division two or four, in most other sports. Um, since uh 2000 you know 2009 i guess it was so um uh, you know i'd have to say it took a couple years but i think after the 2009 2010 system even i was still evolving in my the way i was doing things and i think it um at 2010 after we won um our second in a row it just kind of fueled me to do more i mean and um i mean we, we never left an opponent unscouted, and um, we, we always felt like we prepared our team. And I feel like we worked harder over the years as um, we became more successful, and uh, it, it's a lot of pressure to stay at the top, too. So um, I, I'd say it took a few years for us to fully evolve to what we were when I left, but it became part of never wanting to lose, too. So um, it definitely took a few years to get things and, and and truth be told, constantly learning and constantly evolving and growing and coaching is important as well.
1: Amen. I mean, when you and and if you're not putting off effort, you, you're going to fall behind. It's just the nature of the beast. And uh, uh, can can you don't have to answer this question, but uh, what motivated you to just finally stop all the stress of coaching high school ball and just going back to club?
2: Uh, you know, uh, physically, mentally, the high school season. Is, is just so hard. I mean, um, as you know, it's it's almost a full time job. It's um, you know, it can be thirty to forty hours a week, depending on the schedule that week and depending on, you know, it's it's it's, it's all the little things and making sure the fields lined and cut and um, making sure your refs are going to show up and ending your stats on you know, the day after on max preps and making sure your scores is put it on LHSAA. So <laughs> there's a lot of little behind the scenes things that happen as well, not just the coaching on the field and, um, you know, leaving my normal job at two 30 to get to the fields before the session and have everything wrapped up and waiting on the last kid to get picked up. And, um, yeah. you know, as I, uh, sit around walking through my living room with, um, you know, a three month old in my arms, uh, just, I started to, uh, put a real value on my time and, um, it just, I had to give something up to, uh, to, you know, other things became more important and, uh, high school soccer is based off the time. It was just became something that was expendable to me.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure you got paid 2.5 million a year, right? (laughs) I wish. Yeah. I might still be doing it, but, uh, you know,
2: uh, we, we don't even want to go down that road.
1: Um, no, we don't. Uh,
2: uh, i was just say I, I coached at St. Scholastica because um, I had great kids, uh, great parental support, and um, I truly loved the one team, one season, being able to train every day if we needed to, picking and choosing off days. The club practice schedule is so much more structured in terms of you have practice days and times and um, it's harder to prepare for each opponent because you're playing just, you could play three games on a weekend. So I truly love the preparation that it kind of all came down to one thing for high school and um, club soccer is built over quite a few mini successes and tournaments over the season. But um, yeah, it just became such a grind. I would come into the club season, you know, almost exhausted in March and, um, with really having to push myself through things. Um, you know, soccer is a year round sport when you factor tryouts and preparation for the next season and the things. So I, th- I think having a little time off in the winter will give me um, a bit of a refresher too, coming into it. And I think I'll be a better person and better coach for it.
1: All right. And uh, uh, how many children do you have? This is the first. Oh wow. Okay. This is the first. Well, I'll tell you what we as coaches we gotta make that make that uh decision up whether or not we're going to continue coaching or go with infants and it's a it's a it's a it's a tricky call uh I had to make it myself uh, i I wound up just giving up coaching football so I can focus on soccer because anybody who does it right it is year round and I'm glad you mentioned scouting i think a lot of high school coaches especially uh don't take care of that business as well you know and uh, uh i think that's that makes a lot of sense that you were so successful cuz if you know what you're getting going in it's uh, it's a totally different animal you know yeah. do you think that you might, might be able to come back uh, after after your kids are grown I, I don't even think it comes down to
2: kids being grown it was just a yeah it was just a, um uh, i'd say a timing issue i mean it, it was just the the timing of a new son the amount of workload between a regular full-time job uh, club soccer, which takes up a lot of time, um, a newborn, which is new to me. And um, it's, you know, my, uh, my wife works full-time as well. And it just, it it just became a lot. And um, I felt like uh, it it would just be um, at this time. I mean, in the field, St. Scholastica fields are 30 minutes away from my house. So, as, I mean, I spent an hour driving, you know. Um, so it, it, it just became a, a quality of life issue, too. And um, I, I there are things I will surely miss, you know, every trip to the final. And you uh, prepare, basically, when, when you got to St. Scholastica, you prepared for one game the entire year. It became about getting to the championship, and that game felt so special. So I, I will miss those things about it, but in terms of what it what it takes away from me on a daily and weekly basis, um, and the amount of time I can be uh, spent being doing something else, um, I just felt like it was my time to take a break and take a step back. But I wouldn't rule anything out um, long term. Uh, you know, kids won't necessarily have to be grown, or there's not a set time. It's it'll be based on more feel if I decide to step back into the game for high school.
1: Okay. Uh, of those girls that made it to nationals this year, how many of those girls played for you at SSA? Trying to
2: think. Um, yeah, I don't want to leave anybody off. But um, Kiki, um, Catherine Kelly, which uh, she had 20 ACL, and um, Isabella Fluga had 20 ACL. They, um, they are both Saint Scholastica players. The healthy kids: Mariella White, uh, Elizabeth Kalmbach, Renan Shepard. Um, Olivia LaCava. Uh, it was um, a was, bunch. <laughs> uh, yes, quite a few makeup. I mean, um, healthy. There was, um, you know, four or five, and, um, you know, uh, we lost Isabella Flug during the season, and then Kiki Kelly tore ACL uh, in club mm-hmm. soccer, um, which is, it's been a crazy year on the North Shore for ACL tears for girls this year. But um, yeah, uh, certainly a handful of players. Um, but yeah, quality group that, um you know and uh i think we probably had four of them that were um ssa kids that were healthy and contributed during regionals and um and uh and nationals and then a few that that weren't weren't able to contribute uh, just based off injury
1: okay Okay, I, I I suspected it would be a, a good a good amount, you know, and like hopefully they brought that success that they learned from high school to to the club, you know. I, I think the club and high school can be symbiotic, you know, can if both if the club and the high school coaches are are on the same page and 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 complementing each other instead of competing with each other, you know.
2: Yeah, I think for the most part we have that on the
1: North Shore, and,
2: and honestly, even some of the guys on the, the South Shore. um I get along with very well. A lot of the rivalries over the year the us first Mount Carmel's and Pablos and I happen to be pretty good friends off the field and, our awesome. uh, teams incredible rivals on it. Um, Al Silva's at Dominican. We are the same way. And we all, I really feel a connection to those guys. I feel like they do things like I do things and how they prepare and how they do things. So, uh, high schools, uh, bonded me with a lot of guys too. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, the, the people around here, Sean Esker and um, Carly Hotard and uh, the coaches that have come through North Shore, Jeff Dunlop, some of those guys, uh, we've had great games on the field, and we've always been there for each other in terms of helping out, scouting report-wise, and helping each other prepare. And um, we've all really been open books in terms of um, preparation. But, you know, um, it's, been, uh, it's been a good ride. Uh, in terms of the uh, – the kids with nationals and 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 that aspect of it that team i mean um, they have quite a few kids i mean they have three kids from north shore they have kids that travel from the Baton Rouge area i think it i think for louisiana to be successful on a regional and national level we really do have to get most of the, the best kids from the state to kind of congregate towards um, one team as they they get older and i think that's what kind of what you had with that national group you had quite a few high schools represented and, um, and quite a few kids, you know, given up a little bit more to make a little bit of extra travel to make that team happen. So you had a lot of the kids from top programs that had done well for them to, to, uh, across the state. So I certainly believe there's an intermingling of club and, and high school to ultimately be successful, um, in soccer and for the state of Louisiana as well.
1: Awesome. What was one of your favorite memories, coach?
2: Oh, um, You know, we had lost three in a row in uh, 2011, 12, and 13, all 2-1. to And the 2014 game in overtime um, uh, where uh, Megan Dew served a long ball to uh, Kate Gutterman that um, I thought we had dominated Lafayette for the most part. We did the year before. The goalkeeper was the MVP the year before. And – just to be able to get one in and, and get the monkey off our back in 2014 was big. Um, this one, this past year was pretty special too, because in the back of my mind it, it might be, I knew it might be my last, but I'd have to say um, uh, probably 2014, just the three, and you know, he had seniors that had lost as freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. So um, I think not only was I feeling a ton of pressure, but I think, um you know, the seniors were feeling a ton of pressure. So it was, it was a huge weight lifted off everybody's shoulders that year. So, um, that's uh, certainly a moment that stands out. I have some lesser games, uh, uh, in terms of championships, we've, we're down one, nothing with seven minutes to Dominican, um, uh, in a semifinal and came back and scored two in the last five to win the game. So we've, um, we've had, a we've had quite a few of those moments and, um, I mean, there was a game Mandeville. We were down two nothing. I think we came back and won the game five to two. Um, you know, just just little games along the way that uh, that have that have always been there. There would be a, a t- you know, I could put a top ten list of games in in terms of importance or meaning. But um, certainly, uh, 2014 was a, was a big one for us.
1: Okay, I, I'm sure that you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Your dad's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, He does one of the best one of my favorite people I've ever I've ever been around in my life. And uh, uh, how much of his uh, uh, mentoring uh, figured into your success?
2: A ton. You know, I mean, um, I think I started off the conversation with saying that um, consistency and and hard work were kind of the keys to my success. I think those were two values I picked up from my dad. Um, You know, my dad was a grinder. Um, He was at the Jesuit office you know uh early preparing for practice and always always did things the right way and um i always felt like uh you know uh, key attributes he, he um you know he never wanted to be outworked or out thought or outdone so i think he did with every everything in his power to make his team successful and i tried to um follow suit and do the same thing that you know uh, as coaches we only control so much and we need to control what we control and um my dad did a good job of that, and I try to to do the same, and, and always give my teams the best chance to win.
1: Well, coach, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and I wish you best in all your endeavors, and uh, and I think I speak for the entire state that we thank you for the, your contributions over the last twelve years, and that we really hope that you come back one day. Uh, yeah,
2: I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for the call and the interview, and uh, you know, thanks for all you guys do for soccer and. the promotion of uh, the game in the state of Louisiana, and uh, I appreciate it being on, and maybe I will be back one day, so thanks again. God bless you.
1: Okay, and uh, now laugh to listening to him. Doesn't it make sense? Uh, I think uh, think we are going to see him again one day. He will still be coaching club ball, so he's not totally out of the scene, and uh, we can just only hope that we'll see him on the sidelines again soon. One thing all you rookie coaches uh, should take note of is He takes care of all those little details, and those little details matter, and and you need to be thinking of those now, okay? Uh, That's what separates really the class programs from the programs that are really flying from the seat of their pants. And you can get lucky every now and then, but just look at his record. When you take care of the things that you can control, it allows you to deal with all the stuff that happens that you just cannot control, weather weather injuries, the strength of another team, uh, surprises from uh, the calls that happened. So all you rookie coaches, you have about eight more weeks. Take care of your business now. Well, when we come back, we're going to visit with Dominican's head coach, Al Silvis, and to hear what he has to say about Michael Ortner's retirement on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you right after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most die-hard sports fans go wow. From the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long the WGNO Sports
2: Zone Wednesdays at
1: 10:15 All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Well, Remember, uh, on our next segment, we're going to be interviewing Matt Jacquet, who accepted the job at St. Scholastica to fill Mike Ortner's shoes. Uh, But now one of our main contributors, Coach Al Silvis from Dominican High School, gives his insight on all this. Al has been on the scene for a while now, having brought success to both St. Martin's and Dominican High School. Here's what he had to say. All right, we're here with Coach Al Silvas, the head coach of Dominican High School. And, uh, Al, welcome to the show.
3: Uh, thank you for having me again, Coach.
1: Hey, no problem. You've always been a friend to us. And uh, and this is big news. Of course, major net, uh, media outlets aren't covering it. But uh, what, how does that affect you to hear Mike Ortner stepping down at St. Scholastica? Uh,
3: I mean, you know, he, he's been one of those guys year in and year out that's always made deep runs into the, into the playoffs, you know. I mean, some of us just try to get out of the second round every year. And it seems like Mike's always got a knack for uh, finding ways to get through. You know, out of 12 years, six, uh, nine times in the state final, winning six of them, never finished in less than a semifinalist in 12 years, that, that's pretty impressive and speaks to all the hard work that he's put in over there.
1: What do you think was the key to his success?
3: Mike Mike's a student for the game. You know, he's constantly, you know, staying with the new trends, constantly at games, scouting, getting his kids ready. And you know, he he's one of these coaches that you know will play anybody, regardless of you know his record or what it could do to his record, just to get his kids ready for those type of teams. Uh, he'll see
1: down the line, you know, playoff time. Well, that's, that's, that's a refreshing change, too, because a lot of people, I mean, I'm seeing tournaments falling apart now because people are afraid of getting beat or having their power ranking uh, hurt, and uh, I don't think he shied away from that at all. No. What do you think is going to be his legacy besides the state championships? What was his uh, mark on the game, on the girls' game in Louisiana?
3: He found a way to find success year in and year out, regardless of who he had to walk on the campus. You know, there'd be times where, where you know, we talk, uh, oh, you know, we're going to be okay. But somehow he always found a way to, to make, to, to turn it or to make a gel and, and the kids buy into it and have success again year after year. You know, he is one of the most consistent coaches that you're that you're gonna see I think right now on the girl' side
1: I tell you what he has a ton of respect for you and and all the big guns in in the girl in the girls uh scene and uh, uh do you think uh do you think that uh, the rest of the state is is going to uh I don't know uh honor him or just uh, miss him
3: uh definitely you know those of us that know him well will miss him Uh, but you know like I was telling some people you know when when, when he stepped out you're kind of like oh man Mike's out of the game you're going to miss those those wars you used to have against one another on on the field you know you make a change he makes a change and you have to find another change you know just constantly throwing each other or just trying to find a way to to break the other team down and that's definitely going to be missed but you know, so I'm like, man, who's going there now? And, I mean, you, one legend steps away and another coaching legend comes in. Yes. You know, with Matt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how weird is that? Yeah. What do you think will be the change with Matt taking over? Coach Matt Jacquet, for those of you who are listening, is going to be replacing uh, Coach Orton. And we're going, to have a, we're going to talk to him later on in the show. Um,
3: I don't think they're gonna miss much of a beat.
1: <laughs> you
3: know, uh, you know he, he's—I he's, think he's very similar to Mike. You know, with the success that he's had, with uh, him being able to to constantly get the most out of his kids, to find ways to make things all melt at melt together at the right time. You know, I mean, Matt has just as much of a Coaching uh, success is Mike, as Mike has, it seems like, on the boys' side.
1: Yeah, and uh, when it comes to the work uh, rate, uh, uh, I think the girls are going to be uh, surprised that there is another human being out there that can work as hard as Coach Shortner. If anybody, it would be Matt, you know, and, uh, and so uh, – they're they're in for um, really not big of a change. I know Matt is also getting to fitness and yes. and uh, and uh, those girls better better if they if they took a break during the summer they better start working out now. <laughs> uh, I don't think many of them did because a
3: lot of them played on you know an eighteen and nineteen year old team or eighteen and seventeen year old team over at Mandeville that went to regionals and one that went to uh, to nationals so. I mean, you know, a lot of those girls that are just coming off of a little break right now before club starts back up this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. Believe me, I know. I start Tuesday night. <laughs> well, Coach, thanks for uh, sharing. Um, well, well, one more question before we go: What is your favorite memory of Coach Ortner? Uh, one of the
3: uh, one of the good memories is when. You know, I know, I guess it was either my second or third year. He's, uh, he's got one of his players that's been injured for most of the year. And I'm telling everybody, Mike's not a, Mike's not a low seed. He's a high seed. He's a high seed. And unfortunately, the way power ratings, uh, no, this was, a uh, still coaching, uh, seeding that came out. And uh, I don't remember exactly where I had Mike seated, but I know it wasn't as far down as, uh, 12 or 13, wherever he was. And, uh, his player came back right near the end of the season. And, uh, he's been, I think, the, uh, the lowest seed to ever win on the girl side, which was either 12 or 13. And I remember him making that run, you know, just keeping his kids constantly, Hey, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to, we're going to make it through. Don't worry. And then when all of his players came back healthy, he goes and runs the, uh, runs the gauntlet, beats me and, uh, in overtime. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way this was a second round
1: game or third
3: round, whatever it was. <laughs> I think it was third
1: round. Yeah.
3: And, uh, but no, I mean, he went on that year to <laughs> surprise, surprise, win another state championship. <laughs> right.
1: And I tell you what, it's just in the Ortner blood, huh? Well, yes. I thank you for coming on the show, Coach. And I wish and we'll be catching up with you later on to get a, a kind of a preview of not only what's going on in the girls' game, but what you're doing over at Dominican, okay? All right, sounds great, Coach. Take care. Take care for you, too. Bye-bye. All right, and Coach Silva said a good job of recognizing the skill that Michael had. Optimists and pessimists exist everywhere, and Coach Ortner was an optimist. I mean, think about it. He was a 12 seed, all right? Instead of complaining about it, he told his team, hey, we got a chance to be the lowest seed to ever win a state championship in history, and they went out and they did it. That's a winner's mentality. His father had that quality at Jesuit, and he definitely continued that tradition at St. Scholastica. Um, I'm hoping we're going to see him back one day, uh, and I have a feeling we, we will see him. And uh, it was nice to really talk about his dad as well. Uh, I truly miss him as well as everybody who listens to this show. Well, we're going to break for a commercial, and when we come back, we're going to talk and we're going to talk Matt Jacquet and see how he plans to fill those big shoes Mike Ortner has left with the shoes that he has, which is already big as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got three state titles at Newman High School. I mean, that's pretty pretty significant. That's a lifetime of accomplishment in itself. So let's break for a minute, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Matt Jacquet on Monday Night Football. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at Salle High School in New Orleans. Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community Committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at DelaSaeldnola.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's DelaSaeldnola.com. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. Well, now we'll listen to the interview that we have with Coach Jacquet about his return from his brief retirement and what he thinks about this challenge uh, that he's about to undergo. All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. And we're, uh, we're very, very pl- uh, pleased to have on the show right now Coach Matt Jacquet. Uh, Coach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Coach. Glad to be here. Well, we just got off the phone with Mike Ortner and, uh, and got his take on, on everything. Um, I'd like to hear your take on him beforehand. Uh, uh, what do you, how do you plan to fill his shoes?
0: Well, look, man, Mike, Mike has done an incredible, impressive job over at SSA. It's going to be extremely hard to do what, what he did, but uh, hopefully I can continue his success and make my own story
1: over there. Okay, um, I think it's a pretty unique thing. I've never done a show where I've, I've interviewed one legend going out and another legend coming into the same job. I mean, uh, how are you dealing with that?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. It's a great challenge. You know, I'm, I was in Mike's shoes uh, a year ago or two years ago, whatever it was, when I decided to step away from him, and it was a very hard decision. You know, I had kids at home and a wife at home, that um, I wanted to spend a little bit more time to, with. And when a school like SSA comes open, um, I had to go and see. And and once I, uh, I I went there, I was I was hooked, and I I was re- I was really excited to get started.
1: Okay, and uh, and it's going to be great for you to be back on the coaching uh, pitch. You know, How, so uh-huh. your wife's all in, right? Yeah, everybody. You know, even my kids. My kids are really excited. Um, they, have the last
0: year since I've been home, they've actually uh, they were asking, you know, when when am I going out there to coach again? When can we go back to the soccer game? So, uh, so yeah, it, it,
1: everybody's on board, and we're ready to go. Okay, now. Uh, women are different. I know this is the age of uh, of, of Me Too and everything. Uh, how you plan to coach differently uh, than you did with the boys, or are you going to coach differently?
0: Well, yeah. It, I mean, I've I've coached girls before. It's been a while. I coached them at the club. Um, yeah, I know it's a different a different day and age. But uh, yeah, I'm confident that I will be able to adjust to the girls' team. It might take me a little bit time to figure out you know, what I need to do differently, but I think eventually it'll
1: come around. Okay. And uh, in North Shore versus South Shore, too, that is also a different animal, don't you think?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but I, I know, you know, I've, I, I'm friends with a lot of these coaches on, on the North Shore, and I made Polynesia over here, and obviously I, I spent my entire coaching and playing time on, on the South Shore, so, yeah, it's a little bit different. I don't know any of the, the players that I'm about to experience, but eventually, um, eventually it'll come around and I'll, I'll be, I'll be comfortable.
1: Um, and, uh, I think kind of, kind of, uh, it's a good thing that you're coming in blind as opposed to, you know, somebody who's been kind of in the periphery because you don't have any, you have any preconceived notions of these players, you know, they're going to have to start fresh and clean. And, but I do think it's, uh, it's a kind of cool thing that you and, uh, and Coach Ortner are going to kind of have some contact with each other. Uh, yeah, that's that's very, very odd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I left Newman and uh, Tauras took over for me, I thought it was very important for him and I to sit down and just make sure that the transition was seamless and everything went smoothly. Because obviously at the end of the day, it's all about the kids and it's all about the program. So you want what's best for them. Um, so, yeah, me and Mike are going to eventually sit down and talk and just – I'm going to pick his brain a little bit, and he's going to give me some information. So again, the transition is easy, and we continue what he has built over these last 12 years. What was it
1: like to not be coaching?
0: Well, you know, it, 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 in the beginning, when um, when I first, it felt great because it was times where I can I could get home at a, a reasonable time. I spent a lot of time with my, my family and my kids. Uh, but as as obviously it was the high school season was going on, you start to, you know, I I talk to a lot of the high school coaches, and once you're talking to them, you start to get a little bit of that itch. You start to miss being around that environment um, because sometimes they would call and ask for my opinions or whatever. So, you know, it just came to the point where, you know, an opportunity came about, and I was like, I'm feeling good about things, and I'm ready to go. But, yeah, I missed it, but at times it was really good because I got to spend a
1: lot of time with my family okay so um how now mike told us a while ago that uh he had to spend 30 minutes driving to the practice field what's your commute going to be like
0: well i mean coming out what i'll be doing is i'll be going straight from work on the south shore and going out there so my commute will be will be longer but from my house to the 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 field it's probably about 20 minutes as well um 30 minutes as well but again coming from um you know, it, it, the commute from my work to practice will be long, but obviously when I get off, or I'm sorry, when the game or practices are over, my commute will be much shorter than coming from uptown New Orleans from where I was from Newman. So it, it works out a little bit
1: better. Okay, that's great. Well, it's really good that you're going to be back on, on the on the – on the uh, sidelines and I look forward to seeing what you're going to be able to do. I, I know that, you know, that, uh, it's not as easy as it sounds because right. when you do, when you're stepping into a program that's already established, no two coaches are alike. And so, uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a transition one way or another. And, uh, and, uh, I, I don't know how you're going to go about it. Everybody's got to go about it differently, but if anybody can do it, you can.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm sure there's going to be some ups and downs in the beginning. There's going to be challenges for
1: you to figure out
0: and the players to figure out me as well. But I think eventually as as we move into the season, I think if, I, I'm, ho- I'm obviously I'm confident and hoping that everything works out. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. Uh, same thing with you, Coach. Can't wait to maybe get out there and see you again and um, and go at it.
1: All right. Well, God bless you and your family, and uh, keep those kids number one. And uh, and uh, and I'm looking forward to covering all your all your success. All right. Thanks, coach. Great to hear from you again. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, if you're coaching Division One soccer and you thought this could be uh, uh, the end of Saint Scholastica's dominance, I think you better think again. Uh, they are returning an extremely talented senior class, and I promise you. Matt will never rest until he's gotten the best out of them. So uh, nothing's really going to change. Maybe the flavor is going to change a little bit. You know, like in Louisiana, we like jambalaya that's either red or brown, but still jambalaya, it's delicious. And I don't think C. Scholastic is going anywhere. Well, that's it for this week. I thank all of you for your support. We set records last week. And I want you to know that you can advertise on this show, you know. Uh, It's much more affordable than when we were on live radio. Our prior sponsors, De La Salle and Russell's Marina Grill, spent thousands to keep us on the air. But you can actually buy affordable advertisements for as little as five bucks. So contact us if you want to be on our show. Uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, our three major ways. You can message us on Facebook at our Monday Night Football page, or simply type in at mnfutbol on Facebook, and it'll take you straight to our page. You can message message us on our Twitter feed as mnfutbol. Or give us a message on LAPrepSoccer.net by clicking A. ritter. You can also call me at 504-577-3131, 504-577-3131. Text me if you don't want to call me. But here's the deal. Whatever you want to hear on the show, uh, we will respond to you, and we will get back to you, and we will consider everything you have to say. If you want to be interviewed on the show, drop me a line. Let me see. Um, we might get you on. Okay, this show is for you, and it's it's for youth soccer, and to finally give us a, a, a spoken voice and to hopefully increase our written coverage as well with Crescent City Sports. Okay, so uh, with that had in mind, um, look... I think this week's show is is evidence of why we need this broadcast. Coach Ortner's retirement should have been on every major network. Instead, I see I saw it on none on television, and I heard it on none on the radio. Okay, uh, this is the avenue I think we need to take, and and I really would appreciate it again, not only if you would share this page and and have your teams listen to it and have your friends listen to it. But also, let's sponsor it and let's get this ball rolling, okay? Let's see if we can set another record next week. Anyway, um, I wish y'all all the best. Uh, we're going to be previewing the high school seasons up t- that are upcoming in seven weeks. Uh, and we've also secured the fact that we're going to be announcing the top ten every week. Uh, uh, we'll be the first one to announce it before they're posted in the media. And uh, it's a lot of fun with Coach Chad Vadrine. And it's a lot of fun having you on board. So, again, get in touch with us uh, in all those ways, Facebook, Twitter, or on my cell phone, and we'll keep the show rolling, both you and I. Carpe diem in Christ, and may God bless you and all your loved ones. See you next week. I'm Coach Alan Dredd, signing out.